Good morning, everyone. It's working? Oh, well then, okay. If it doesn't say start, then it's already started. <laughs> um, we missed you guys last week. You could just hit, yeah, hit that. Yep, there you go. We missed you guys last week being gone. Um, I'm sure I'm sure everybody knows that uh, we're in Nigeria, and uh, we missed you, but we left you in very capable hands. I, I thank Peter so much for preaching last week, and uh, listening. I, I only got like the first third of Periscope, and then because we got it late because of the time difference there, and I got about a third of the way through, and it cut me off. <laughs> because the 24 hours ended. But, uh, uh, but what, what a joy in my heart. And there were things happened last week that I have to share with you was a joy in my heart. As, as pastor, you, you look for signs of things happening when you're not there. See, that, that's a sign of, of a body of believers beginning to unify, beginning to mature together. And, and there were several things that happened last week while we were gone that did that for me. You know, one was Peter preaching. One was him taking the, the, the pulpit and delivering to you what God had laid on his heart. That was huge. That was important. But there were some other things that happened too. See, this was a couple of months ago. I had... I, I can't remember who I even said it to. Maybe it was our small prayer group or whatever. But, but about, uh, there, was, there was the, I can't even remember her name, so, the Hollywood medium or something? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what is it? Teresa Caputo. Okay. Teresa Caputo? Yep. Okay. She, she's some medium on TV or whatever. She was coming to the University of Delaware, and we saw this a couple of months ago, and the Lord laid on my heart that we need to, war against that. We need to war against what the enemy wanted to do. It was kind of like the, the thought that kept coming in my mind was, wait a second, not, not in our house. No way. Not in our house. You know, and so I had mentioned that a couple of months ago that we got to remember when she's coming. And I set a reminder for myself, but I didn't think about the fact that I was going to be gone. And, and I don't even think I noticed the reminder. <laughs> That's how bad it was. But God knew what he was doing. Because Shannon began to put the cry out to get people together and to rally around that place. And if I, if I understood correctly, you, you guys circled the building and, and prayed the entire time and, and warred in the spirit over that. See, that was huge to me because I had nothing to do with it. That was huge to me. Same with Casey beginning to take on the, the prayer walks. You know, I, I purposely wanted to step back from that and let her do that. That excited me. Another thing that excited me uh, may, may seem like a small thing, but to me this was huge. Because when, when I'm looking on Facebook and, and Casey has, has this thing on, on Facebook about uh, um, the, the walk coming up that you're doing, I think, May 14th yeah. or something like that. Um, and, and then I saw, I saw that Doug and Judy had joined to go on that. That was huge to me. That was huge to me. Why? Because we're gelling together as a family. See, that's what you do with family. You're involved in what they're involved with. You care about what they care about. It, it's not just that you come and, and you know, get your church on, but it's, it's a family. It's what we do with family. You know, family is important. Church family is important. It's the unification of the body. And next week I'm going to be talking about that. Rarely does the Lord give me something ahead of time that I can actually announce the week before, but I can do that this week. Because today we're going to be going over and just, just sharing with you some of the things that happened in Nigeria, but he already showed me next week. We're going to be talking about the unification of the body and, and not just our body, but the entire body of Christ. And what that means. What that means for America. What that means for the world. 
It's significant. So tune in next week. It's going to be significant. But these things were just a joy to us. As we were gone, we had the full capability of just putting everything out of our mind here. It was awesome. And I brought back an African wife. And One of the things that, that we had, when, it, as you can see, this, this is all African clothing that we were given uh, in, in these ceremonies. They had these ceremonies for us. Um, that, that were, they call them, I, I, it was kind of like an honoring ceremony. And it happened so many times, we, we've, we've got a plethora now of, of clothes and, 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 and this, the spears. I, I didn't even think that, that I'd be able to get those back because those are real. They're, they're not plastic tips. Those are steel tips. I'm not sure it was wise to give it to Gabe, but, uh, <laughs> But those are real, and we were concerned we wouldn't even get them on the plane. But they wrapped them up for us, and we got them here. And I received three of those. And then the bull tails, these bull tails here. We dressed them exactly like the girls were that did the dancing routines with So Yvonne watched it at length and got some of it down. And so they are they're dressed a lot like that. I did a video and send it to both. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we had really a phenomenal, phenomenal time and I'm I'm gonna have here in a minute uh, both Anissa and Alexa say something about it. But but I, I wanna tell you it was different than my first trip and then in some ways the same. But this time what what was different about it was they were amazed that we came back. They were amazed that not only I came back, but I brought my wife, and I brought a team. And, you know, it was me, Alexis, Anissa, and then this other couple, Judy and Charles, that, that were with us. And, and the, they were so amazed that we actually came back. See, that blew me away, because I was amazed that they would want us. And, and this is how God begins to work. And I want to share with you real quick, um, and you guys, I'm going to have a video, so you can sit down for, for just a moment. Um, but I want to share just real quick, just five minutes with you, a verse and why we're doing this. Matthew 28, and, and you all know this, this is a great commission. Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20 says this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. <coughs> given to Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. These are simple verses, but they're really important. See, this is, and, and I want to I make very clear, this is not something we just take on ourselves. You know, well, I read these verses, so, okay, let me, let me pick uh, Nigeria. Let's go to Nigeria. It's not like that. It's about what he says. See, Jesus was given authority over everything. So for us to be in his will, for us to do uh, what, what God wants to accomplish in our lives... We have to be obedient to him. Now, what I can tell you is I have no idea why God chose the timing that he chose for us to plant a church in Newark, Delaware, and at the same time simultaneously do this work in Nigeria. When people ask me that, I, I don't really have a good answer for why. But you know what? That's how God works so many times. He just tells us to do it. He wants obedience. He doesn't always tell us the why. As a matter of fact, most times he doesn't tell us the why. We perhaps learn the why later. But I can tell you we are doing this in obedience to the Lord. And, and when you step out in obedience and you follow what God is telling you to do, there are some things that happen. There are things that happen that begin to confirm what he's telling you. 
confirm what he's showing you to do. He doesn't just leave you hanging on this edge wondering, am I doing what you want me to do? I've stepped out out in obedience. But no, now what happens is the father comes in and he gives you confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. See, that started with my first trip two months ago. But it gelled with this trip. This trip was extraordinary. And I, I'm, I'm going to let them speak here for a moment, but I want to play. We, we have three videos. And this first one was the very first day we got into McCurdy. Actually, we were, we were probably an hour out of McCurdy. We had stopped at a village where they planted a brand new school. The villages don't have schools. Um, it, really, the bigger cities, that's, that's where they have the schools. But this was a brand new Christian school. It had started just about a month before when I was there the first time, and it was the first place I stopped when I was in Benoist State. And so we wanted to go back there. You guys provided uh, a school supplies. This was the place that we gave the school supplies. And you're going to see, actually in this video, you won't see us giving that out. But what you're going to see here is the reception that we got. And go ahead and play this. This was when we were leaving. Anissa and I had already gotten in the car. And they wouldn't let Alexis in the car. And they just wanted to have a piece of us. And it was precious. Anissa and I got out of the car. And this was one of the most fondest memories of the beginning of that trip. You could see the hut in the background. They had just built that hut. Because when I was there before, they didn't have that. But the way they build them there, and we're tall, so you have to crouch way down low to get underneath it. They do that because it keeps the heat from blowing in there. But they had just built that. And this whole village, I mean, clearly these aren't just the school kids. The whole village came out. They knew we were coming. The whole village came out and was there. I, I would say there were, I don't know, 70, 80, 100 people, something like that. But one of the things I got a real glimpse of, and it began here, because we, we also, we talked to them, we were inside, and we, we got to speak to them, we got to pray over them, but one of the things that began right here was me looking in their eyes and me, me beginning to see how much it meant to them that we were there. And, and see, from the states here, we don't really realize what that means. You know, from the states here, we, we just assume that that's a normal thing for them. But it's not. It's not. I mean, I think I told you last time, I was the only white person that I ever saw the entire time, except for mannequins. <laughs> I was the only white person I ever saw. So this time on this second trip, I doubled the white population in McCurdy. Okay, but this was this significant thing. And we don't really think about it in those terms. But see, when God ordains something, it becomes significant. So here we are planting a new church, don't even have our building yet. And yet God is saying, wait a second, I, I have this plan for you over 5,000 miles away that needs to be simultaneous to this. You ever wonder why God does things sometimes and, and you question, oh, I've got to be hearing this wrong. But God has reasons for doing what he does. This next video, I, I, I have to brag on her for just a minute, but... 
my wife absolutely blew me away. I'm usually pretty bold. I, I'm usually not afraid to in, in, you know, interact and do whatever and, and everything else. But the entire first time I was there, as hard as they tried, they never got me up there dancing. Uh, they did a little bit this time, but that's because I followed you. But Alexis just dove in. See, you have to understand where she was, and I don't want to take any of her thunder. But before she was going, this was a huge thing in her life. This was way out of her comfort zone. And, and so when she was there, she was all in. All in. There was nothing that she was not willing to do that the Lord... It, it was, it was kind of like you step out of your skin... You step into something else and you just say, God, take me. Because that's what I saw. And this is a video of her dancing with them. You'll see her in just a second. She's the white person in the middle. This, this was uh, at a place when we went, I think we were a good hour and a half in the bush. And, and uh, I, I'll tell you more about that at the end. But, but these people, again, you look in their eyes, and, and it wasn't what you'd expect. It wasn't like sizing us up to see what we're going to be like. It was a longing, recognizing that the Holy Spirit had sent us there. And this last video, I forget what it is, but play it. Okay, hold up, press pause. I, I have to at least. Okay, that is Andrew right there. And this, this was that same place in the bush. And there, there, were, there were about 400 people that had come and come from all over. Some had traveled for a couple days and had just slept there on the ground. Um, I'll tell you more about that later. But this is him introducing me, and I got a, such a kick out of this because the man can really have a job introducing, like, wrestling. <laughs> and, and you'll know what I mean in a second. But, it, but he, he introduces me here for the first time. Go ahead. I just wanted to, to show his, his introduction because Andrew <clears throat> is, is such a, a, um, a gift from God. And what he has done in being obedient to God has been, been nothing short of, of amazing to me. You know, we developed this relationship over a year and a half before I ever went out there. And, and, one thing that, that you have to understand that I didn't even understand until we were finishing this trip. But what he had to put out for us to come was amazing. You know, you would think, being a huge oil producer that Nigeria is, you'd think that it'd be cheap there. Gas would be cheap there, but it's not. Gas is way more expensive there than it is here. It's almost double. There and that's American dollars, and this is in a country where where our exchange ratio is three hundred to one. Okay, so you can imagine what it took for him. We spent, or he spent, almost three hundred dollars American dollars on gasoline alone. Now the the government there. They offered, a, you know, we used their vehicles. We stayed in their place. They gave us 
an entourage, literally an entourage that was with us, but we had to cover all the gas. See, I didn't know any of that. He put all that out. You know, he organized that. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I found out later because that's something we can raise for the next time that we go. But I want you to understand how, how important this is, what God is doing there, and what it means to them. It, it, it means everything to them. You know, that money could have been used for so many different things, and yet it was used for our gasoline to do what we needed to do. And I'll explain more about what happened, but I want to I go ahead and have Anissa come up first and just tell you from her perspective a little bit about our trip. Come on up, Anissa. No, come on. Come on. You can't Wasting sit here. time. Wasting time. But You're you on Periscope for the world. I use my plate every week. Come on. <coughs> giant. Um, I don't really know what to say, I guess. But we'll just go with it. Um, when I first knew I had to go on this trip, I just did not want to do that. I, for the longest time, it took me forever to pack. It took me forever to even just think about the trip because I, in my mind, just didn't want to go. So I thought that the more I could delay, maybe God would finally say, oh, you're not going, it's fine. No big deal. Like, you can just stay in America and you can just let them go. And so, even up to the last day, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, ah, yeah, I'm going to Nigeria, sure. Okay. And then the last, that Monday just hit me and I was like, I'm about to get on a plane and go (laughs) forever away. And the day is actually here. And so, me and God rested a little bit and I was like, all right. I cried a little bit, cried a lot of it. <laughs> Mom was there to console me a lot of the times, and then I cried a little bit more in Nigeria, but it was fine. But um, when I had finally just sucked it up and decided, <laughs> like, I'm doing it regardless of how I feel right now, I kind of was like, all right, God. He, for a good while, I had, like, a little dry spell where he just wasn't talking to me. And I was like, I don't, I'm going into this trip blind, and I don't really like going into anywhere blind. So, can you give me something? And he was like, no. So, I was like, okay, well, here we go. If I'm going to do this, then you're going to give me all that I need, I guess. So, all right, we'll do this together. And my life verse is Psalms 56, which is whenever I'm afraid I'll put my trust in you. And I was petrified. So I decided, well, if I'm going to be petrified, I might as well put my trust where it needs to go. And so I did that. And when we got there the first day, we stayed in at one at Charles' sister's house, which is nice. I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, this is fantastic. I can do this for a week. And then I was like, oh, no, we have a five-hour trip the next day. And I was like, oh, okay. And our five-hour trip is with our driver driving, like, 90 miles an hour, weaving in and out of traffic, and us clutching onto the side of to the little things in the car, hoping that this time the brakes were going to continue to keep working and we'd be okay. And so, when we stopped at the first place, Greg had showed us, that's when I was like, okay, I guess we're here, we're going to actually start doing this now. And I didn't realize how taxing it was going to be, I didn't realize how, like, structured and how like rigid everything was going to be and how like we didn't really have much time to do anything besides be at a location talk to them for a little bit hop back in the hop back in the van and on to the next place but um it was finally after I had a breakdown and I was like all right god like you need to give me the strength to get through this because I don't have any strength I'm not a go 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 person I'm a go stop wait for a couple hours, and then I can go again. And so he he did every single day. I don't know how. Every day I thought I was either going to pass out from dehydration or I was just going to pass out because my body was so exhausted and I couldn't do it anymore. But every single day, 
he made it through it. And there would be times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, if I move, I'm going to break out in a sweat. So I'm going to sit completely still and not move an inch because then I know that I'm going to be okay. And so finally it was, I think, that day, the second crusade. We had a crusade the night before and then we had a crusade the following day. And that morning we woke up and we were three, we were already like hours late. He told them we would be there by I think nine o'clock in the morning. We didn't get there till almost 11 o'clock. And so we're like, okay. And then Greg spoke to the pastor for some crazy reason. The pastor stayed around two hours after the fact to just hear Greg talk for like, I don't even know, 20 minutes. And I was just like absolutely blown away by that. And then we hop back in the van, and we're like, okay, we're on to the crusade. And we're thinking, like, uh, the crusade's not too far. The crusade was, like, uh, almost two hours away in the bush in a place called Kaduku, which was fantastic. It was, I mean, like, the scenery was absolutely beautiful, but we were already running three hours late, and we knew that we were going to be extremely late when we got there. And when we got there, they were all just, like, dancing and, and singing, and we, like, walked out, and we were like, Wow. There was, like you saw, there was a huge crowd of people still there, and we're three hours late. We're already three hours out, and we're like, how much time are we going to get to spend with these people? Because whenever we're late, we're like, we're on to the next place. Like, it's like, okay, you're going to sit here, you're going to talk for a couple minutes, you're going to, you know, have salvations, have healings, all that stuff, and then we're out of here. And so I was like, okay, how much time are we going to spend here? I might as well not even sit down and get comfortable because we're probably leaving in 30 minutes anyways. But then when we were sitting down, they started to just keep singing. And I was like, oh, okay. And they just kept singing. And so at one point, I think Alexis got up first because she was the bravest one of us all. And she got up first and she started to dance. And then um, one of the protocol people that were with us, they were like, oh, come on, you should dance too. You guys should dance too. And me and Judy were like, oh, okay, sure. So we like walk over and we're just standing there. And then he, he starts just showing us the moves. So then we all start dancing. And this is like right near the end of the song. Thank goodness that Greg was in the bathroom. And he didn't get much of that on video. Because that made my day. But we were dancing. And we were dancing for like a couple of minutes. And then he comes out with his iPad. And I'm like, did you get that on video? I'm freaking out. But he had just come back from the bathroom. So it was all fine. And then the music ended. And then Andrew started talk, like talking and introducing us in every place that we went. He introduced me the exact same way every single time. And every single time he would say, this is, this is our sister. This is our sister. She looks like a Legos woman, but she's not. She is a black American. A black American. As if that is something completely astronomical and that's like just, the only one exactly that's not really in existence if you're black you're from africa if you're not you're from america it's kind of like those two different worlds so they were all just shocked and every single time they needed to hear me speak for what reason i don't know i guess they just wanted me to prove that i wasn't actually nigerian at all <laughs> so i i like spoke for like five seconds and then greg talked and then at the end at the end was probably the my favorite part, well, one of my favorite parts of the trip. That was my first favorite part of the trip, because that was finally where I had, like, that breakthrough with God, and, like, he started speaking to me again, and I was like, oh, this is really awesome. Like, finally, we're, like, three or four days in, and you're finally going to speak to me, but it was great, because, like, I got, like, a rush of stuff all at once. Like, I I could see how much he loved all of those people, and at the end, when we were, like, trying to leave, and everything was getting chaotic, and, like, what Andrew liked to do is, like, as soon as we were done, he'd like to just get us in the van. Because if he didn't get us in the van, then everybody would just come bull rush us. And something had happened with, like, I don't know, the people there and all that stuff. So Andrew was dealing with that. And because Andrew was dealing with that, we were still all just sitting there. And because we were all just sitting there, all the people wanted to come up to us. And because all the people wanted to come up to us, it was, like, us in the middle. And there was just a huge group of people just around us, just wanting to, like, shake our hands, just wanting to touch us, just wanting to, like, like, I don't know, just, just even for a second, even if we just, like, brushed them, they would have been okay with that, and so, Andrew's, like, because he had to, like, deal with all of that, they're, like, they came and they brought him oil, and it was, like, regular vegetable oil or something like that, and he's, like, <sighs> and he's, like, trying to tell them no, and he's trying to tell them no, and then we're, like, what's going on, like, 
let us in because we're still here and we haven't gotten pushed off to the next place. And he's like, oh, they they just want us to anoint them with oil really quickly. Like, we'll just do that and we'll move on. And we're all like, okay. And so he starts pouring oil for everybody and he, like, gets up on this little, like, pet, like stage thing where they usually preach from. And Greg and Alexis are down. And at that point, somebody had pulled me away for something. I don't even know why, but, like, I was pulled away, and then, like, I turned around, and I could see, like, Greg and Alexis, and they're each, like, they're putting the oil on everybody, and they're praying with them each individually, and I see Andrew up at the top, and he's just like, we gotta do this quickly, we gotta do this quickly, we gotta get out of here, we gotta try to touch every single one of them, and I'm just, and that's, like, when God hit me, and he was like, this isn't gonna happen next time around, and I was like, huh? And I didn't get it at first, and I was like, what are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. And he's like, no, next time you're spending time with them. Next time you're going to be able to pray with each and every one of them individually. It's not going to be a, like, you just have to slap the oil on their heads and keep moving. (laughs) Like, and I mean, I understood why, because there was was literally, like, 400 people. Like, we got it, we understood, but we just wanted to, like, spend time with them. Like, that's all that we really wanted to do. We didn't care about the whole having to spend another two or three hours, like, touching each one of them and praying for them, like, that was irrelevant to us. We didn't care if we were hungry, even though we were extremely hungry. But we just wanted to be with the people. So then we finished that, and then, like, after I arrived home, like, that's when God, like, started laying a whole bunch of stuff on me. So then Sunday, we had got, like, it was a crazy day. We were literally going from place to place again. So then finally, like, we went to one church, and they were like, oh, you're only going to have ten minutes. And then we are like, okay, that's fine. So then we had ended up having, like, 30 or 45 minutes because Greg ended up having to preach, like, randomly. <coughs> and so after that place, we left, and then we had, like, another hour and a half trip somewhere. And we were, like, when we got there, I didn't realize that we were going to pretty much be spending the whole entire day there. I thought, we're going to go to this place, Greg's going to talk to them for a couple minutes, and then we're going to move on. So we go there, they have this, like, this, like, program set out for us to, like, dress us and, like, decorate us and all that stuff and I was like okay and afterwards I thought we were leaving we like hopped in the van everybody hops back in the van and then we drive off and then instead of like making a left we make a right into the village and I was just like what are we doing (laughs) I was like I'm really hot it's time to go home what's happening and so they're like oh we're gonna eat lunch here and I was like we're eating lunch here that means I have to eat native food and I don't know if I can do that because I don't know if my stomach can handle it And I was like, all right, God, like, you got this. Fine. And that was probably my, like, my absolute favorite day of the trip. Not because, like, I had to eat the native food or, like, we were outside or, like, for hours. But, like, that was the time that we actually got to sit and spend time with the people. And at first we were, like, we were, like, all sitting and they're all just, like, standing there, like, watching us. And I'm like... Do I have to keep smiling the whole entire time? Because I don't know if my face can take this anymore. <laughs> but they're there with their cameras out, and they're snapping pictures of us. And then they bring out the food, and I'm like, are they going to sit there and watch us eat? And Alexis is just like, I don't want them to watch me eat. Because I don't know if I want to eat this. And I'm like, neither do I. <laughs> and so we're like, all right. And so I'm like there, and I'm like eating, and I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I could take because it's, what they gave us was actually extremely filling. Like, you only had to eat a couple bites and you'd be full. And so I was like, and Greg's like, just keep eating. <laughs> Try to finish as much as you can. <coughs> because if we don't eat it, then it's just going to go to waste anyways. And I was like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. Why do I can do this? It was and good. It was actually, yeah, it actually was pretty good. The next day, it wasn't so great coming back out. But it was still good while I was eating. <laughs> <laughs> but we it was are, still good. We are good. live. Oh. Uh, fine. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the day. Like, like after that, I was like, okay, are we just going to – because I thought we were just going to eat and leave again. But then they were like, no, we're just going to hang out for a little bit. And I was like, oh, so I have to actually interact with them. Because we haven't done this all trip, so this is a little bit weird. I don't know what to do. And so finally, I kind of like, Alexis is like, let's go talk to the kids. And I'm like, why are you so excited to do all of this? And she's just like, come on, let's go. I'm not going to let you sit here. So I was like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. I can talk to them. I can do this. 
And so we get up and we walk over to these little kids. And this little girl, like, we're like, hi, how are you? And we're, like, trying to talk to them. And they're not understanding us. And we're not understanding them. And the little girl just starts bursting out into tears. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit back down now. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Alexis just kept going. She kept, like, just chugging through. She went up to talk to, like, a group of boys that were standing over there. And then she went up to talk to the woman. And then she picked up this baby, and she's like, Alyssa, come here and hold this baby! And I was like, ah, a baby! So I, like, got up, and I, like, ran over, and I was like... And then the little girl was just holding on to me, and then she, like, looked up at me, and I guess she really, like, I guess she thought that I was kind of one of them. So she was just completely fine with me, and she's just, like, looking up at me, and I had this same necklace on, and she starts just chewing on it, and she's, like, looking up at me and chewing on it, and I was just like... And that's when I was just like, I don't care who I have to talk to now, I'm going to talk to everyone, they're all so amazing. And so I'm, like, walking around, and the guy, like, her, I don't know if it was her father, but he, like, took her from me, and I was talking to him for a little bit, and I was just talking to all the people, and that's when I realized. I was like, this is all I wanted to do the whole entire time. This is all that God wanted us to do the whole entire time, was just connect with the people. And Alexis was, like, inside one of the huts in there, and, like, so it was great. And it was just, like, it was amazing, because all they just wanted to do was just talk to us for a couple minutes. Like, even if they didn't get our attention the whole entire time, like, they just wanted us to, like, acknowledge that we knew that they were there. And so when we were actually able to do that, I, like... I was just like, I don't even want to leave anymore. I just want to stay here with them all day. So then when they told us that we had to leave, I was actually extremely disappointed because I was like, I just wanted to spend more time with them. But that was like, that was the highlight of my trip because that was when like we actually just sat with them and we sat with the people and we got to talk to them and we got to like truly see like who they are and how they live and what they and how much that they just love God and how much that they were so glad that we were there just telling them how much God loved them and I don't know that was like the best part of the trip to me and then we had to come home the next day which was really sad but I am excited to be able to go back one day and then just kind of hang out with the people even more and just show them how much God loves them because that's truly all that they want and that's truly all that they need to hear is how much God loves them and how much he just kind of wants to hang out with them and spend some time with them. So that was my Nigerian trip. So there we go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I'm going to have Alexis come up and, uh, uh, you know, what, what God is doing over there is... Remember, he's been preparing this for a long time. Well, I better explain first what I'm wearing. Um, this is a dress I had brought um, Andrew's wife some of the jewelry that we had from the ladies' retreat to bless her and her daughters. And then she surprised me in one of the, um, the tours that we took from a medical facility. Because we just, again, we were, as Anissa said, we were just presented to people and people and people. And so this woman that was with her, she said, this is my seamstress. She said, she's here to measure you. She's going to make you a dress. And so, um, because I had commented on, you know, I love loud things. You probably know that already. And I just was, I was commenting from the first night, that the first governor's um, ceremony, wherever they honored us, which we, everything was a kind of a surprise because they don't communicate completely fully as to what we were going to experience. They said, uh, party, cocktail party, and I'm thinking just a small gathering in a small room, and 350 people and, you know, presented before the governor. And in fact, later we saw online Greg's, um, when Greg was standing up there with that particular decoration, um, that we, it was the, one of the front pages of the Benway news, um, paper, which was, was kind of interesting to read, but, but the dresses were so unique and I had commented. And so she had this, she, she had the girl measure me and it was just like a day and a half later, poof, you know, she just makes this dress. They just got this big, you know, slab of this material and then she just whips it up and they didn't I just had to look at pictures to figure out this but I I just was so blessed by that so I got this the morning we left and um so it was was a wonderful kind of uh exchange of just showing love and um and so that was a particular blessing from me and and I had asked her about the additional ruffles and so that was just really fun um Greg already said the thank yous but I just feel like I have to say um you know, I said this to the ladies downstairs, and I want to reiterate it. This is not just hearing about somebody else's trip, and what does this have to do with us? Um, 
this had everything to do with ignition. I mean, yeah. this it, we function as a body, we need to function as a body, and every single part of it, whether it was a small donation, a prayer, covering something. Um, obviously, I thank Ruth and Colin and Marty so, so, so much for handling Yvonne completely. I mean, taking her to school, helping her with her homework, getting her lunch made. Feed, I mean, just really taking on that responsibility was so huge, and I just thank you so much for that. That was just amazing. Colin and, um, and Ruth both went to the airports to do the driving to pick us up in, um, and then take us back, and that was huge. And everybody that prayed, you know, those are seeds that you sow, that you reap the benefit from. So Amen. you need to see that what God did, I mean, that is a, a blessing that you are going to be reaping back in your own life when you, are, when you invest part of yourself into that. Um, I was appreciative, too, of, of even the Facebook. One of the first Facebook comments I heard, saw was Manetta's. Um, and it just blessed me that she was engaging with us in some of the things that we put out, the videos or the photos, and just commenting. And I, I just felt like, Manetta's with us. You know, like it was just, it felt like, you know, there, there, that was just a connection because um, I am not really a, a big Facebook person, but I, I really learned, I knew it was important, but I learned from this trip how critical it is to put, I'm, I, I just tend to be very private in, you know, why do we have to share every single experience with everybody? Like this is something, let's just do it and then we'll share it. That's just not the world we live in. And because of Facebook, we're able to get people to walk the steps with us as it's happening. And I had no idea what a blessing that it was to so many people. I mean, my sisters just went bonkers, you know, just emotionally, just feeling like, one of my sisters texted me later and just said, she said, I have never felt such a connection spiritually to a, a missions endeavor. Then she said, maybe it's because you're my sister. She said, but there was something about being able to go on this journey with you via the photos and the videos that just allowed me to be there and know how to pray and have a visual picture of what was going on. Amen. So that was, um, it taught me a lesson, I think, in that where I would have tended to hold back. And I'm so glad that we put that out there. Um, certainly to everybody that donated, we were able to see and spend some time with um, Pam and Stone, Stoney Stonebreaker, um, last night Pam and Stoney, and they had, they've always been generous to Strength for Women for the donating the prints when we had had those at the ladies' retreat, but we were able to have enough of an overflow that was so perfect that we gave each of the pastors one of these lovely prints that are, you know, retail quite expensive in the stores, and what a blessing that was to be able to bring gifts yeah. To give them, and that was, uh, and I, I was sharing with Pam last night what that that is a blessing they will reap because they chose us. There were other ministries asking for those donations from them, and they allocated it to us, and we were so blessed by that. Um, and then obviously, and Greg already said it, but you know, for Peter for stepping up and preaching, for Shannon for the worship, Wendy leading the class and the prayer, and then Margaret, as if you don't know already, she is my official assistant, and she just pretty much just is available. She just has this heart of availability. Uh, she knows that it's what God has, has given for her to do, and so there are just so many little things that she just um, is, makes herself available to do, and she's just a constant uh, helper to me, and I just love her. So thank you all for everything that you did there. Um, when you, and I read this downstairs, but I think of the verses that Greg quotes all the time, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which you know, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So that you having all sufficiency in all things can abound to every good work. In other words, God is, the God of the universe is able to give you what you need when he tells you to do something. And, you know, we kind of know that we know that, but you don't get a chance to really know that until you're in a situation like what she so eloquently described, where you're like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he just shows up. And he carries you through things that sometimes you don't always have the full picture of why these things happen. Um, I shared with them, of course, that I, you know, I'd lost my makeup and he provided a makeup for me. In Nigeria, of all places, just as a little gift. There were things that he did supernaturally, sustaining our energy, sustaining our ability to not become faint. And at times I thought I was. But silly, silly things. He knows me. And I love the verses in Psalms where it says, He knoweth our frame. He knoweth that we are dust. The last 
Sunday, the Sunday, the day before we left, the last full and long day, right before we went into the village, the last ceremony where we were decorated, I could have taken on, uh, as you can see, um, Hunter, you are in the, the outfit that Greg had on in this photo, I could have decorated two more men <laughs> because of the stuff that Greg has that we now have. Um, but this ceremony, as it was beginning, and we were in this church, which of course, you know, if it has walls, you're doing great, but there were open windows. Well, all of a sudden, I mean, a wasp the size of a small child was in there, and it was just kind of dancing around where we were, and we were sitting, and thank goodness, at least in this, this was the only place where we were put in the front but not facing everyone else, which is why this is such a great picture to us, because normally we are up front on the platform facing out. Um, but this one, we were just in the front row. So this is right where I was sitting, and there was a bee. And, you know, for most people, I'll just, you know, it'll be fine. I, I always find it interesting. People say, oh, you leave it alone, it'll leave you alone. Unless it's demon-possessed, okay? That's, that's a little, like, I've listened over there. That's a little condition there. So I just thought, okay, this is not good because I'm doing good so far, and I may just have a little bit of a, you know, a celebratory loss of my uh, my dignity and flip out over this this be it this thing comes near me, and I, Greg just immediately knew he started just just praying in the spirit and just praying in the He knew exactly, and I know this may sound silly to you, but he knew exactly that that bee was there. But the enemy was using that to just completely derail and disrupt just because of all the other factors. And um, so it flew away temporarily, but then as Satan does, it came back in. And, um, and I just thought, okay, because I was, I was holding on to him and I was taking, taking short breath. And I started to actually get short of breath. It was just ridiculous. And I kept thinking, okay, you know, I can make it. But, you know, when you're already depleted in every other way, it doesn't take too much. <laughs> so this bee was something else. Well, this wonderful man, another leader, he just kind of looked at me and saw that something is making this woman act very different, <laughs> even though I was keeping my composure. And he leaned forward, and in just a perfect swat, he took this whatever bulletin was in his hand. He smacked it. But then, because they don't stay dead, they come back to life. I'm telling you, possession is a big deal. He got up in addition to hitting it and stomped on it and crushed it. And I'm telling you what, it reminded me of the Luke 10:19 to trample on snakes and scorpions and bees and wasps the size of small children. And we just, I just, that moment was a really strange, weird little moment where I just knew that um, that the enemy was crushed. And um, because we really were. We were oddly very depleted. And, you know, it, it's interesting how it, it would take sometimes just little things. You know, you've probably seen that in your day. It's like, why is one little thing that's happening to me can make you kind of get derailed? That's how the enemy works. It doesn't always. It's not always a landslide that hits you. It sometimes can be that small thing that can get you off track. And so God cares about the little things. So we got to see big picture things that God was doing, and we got to see little blessings. Um, the other thing, too, that I, I can just not know, except that sometimes he just gets us through. You know, there's the going through tests where you get on the other side of it and you say, Lord, I don't know what that was about, but I got through it. So I didn't eat much the whole time I was there. It was very strange. It wasn't even necessarily on purpose, but as she very well put it, what goes in must come out. And um, so when you don't have facilities that are in anywhere near the standards of here, it's just challenging. So I wanted to minimize any kind of, any of that. So in the middle of the night one night, I was starving, and I couldn't even sleep. My stomach was so empty, and I didn't want to wake him. So I, we brought protein bars, and we brought bags of nuts, and, and I brought this bag of, you know, some cereal. And so I'm sitting, it's, it's on the dresser, you know, in our room, and I thought, I'm just, I can't. I didn't want to go to the trouble of brushing my teeth again because you always brush your teeth with a bottle of water. So every time you have to use water for something that's going to go in your mouth, you're using up another bottle of water. So there's a whole conserving thing going on. But I thought, I don't care. I'm going to brush my teeth again if I need to. I've got to eat. So I grabbed the bag. I'm walking around. And I was, I was in the dark. And I thought, I'll go into the outer court area. So I went out into the outer court area just to, so that the lights I could see because he was sleeping. I didn't want to wake him. And as I'm walking around, I, I had a half a protein bar in there and then my cereal, and I finished the half a protein bar. And all of a sudden, I felt something on my hand. I was holding the baggie, and I felt something on my hands, a little tickling. And I looked down, and I looked at my bag. My cereal had come alive. It was 
1,000% infested with ants, <laughs> and I had been eating from that bag for some time. And I just thought, oh, I don't know, but I didn't know what to do. I mean, I just thought, this, the protein bar was well down. I mean, that was it. So it was, ju it was just surreal. I just said, Lord, I've been doing really good, and I had to eat
you know, love covers, love does many, many things. But read that chapter again in, in 1 Corinthians 13 about what love does. It is as much a sword against the enemy as it is a covering and a gentle, wonderful pouring into somebody that needs it. It is just really significant um, that that, has, that is the single focus of the mandate that God has given us, is just tell them I love them. And he really does the rest. Because at the core of every issue is knowing that God's got you. Think about what you are not doing. What is it that you struggle with saying yes to God about? What is it you're afraid of? I love, I did not know that was your theme verse, Psalm 56.3. That's the one I taught of on with kind of a rhythm. Psalm 56.3, Psalm 56.3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That is a really great, great verse. And so as you look at your own life, whatever frightens you, why? Why does it frighten you? Fear is not of God. And um, the enemy will lie to you and say, you should be afraid. A, a good God wouldn't ask you to do that. But the t- real truth is, if we're f- afraid of anything, it is not of God. It's of the enemy. And so, um, it, you know, and we have to keep believing that. You know, it wasn't like I came home and ma- Africa was a magic pill and I'm not going to struggle. I'll struggle immediately. There were things that happened and we, were, we came home to needs to bills needing to be paid, things breaking down. You know, my car is, I was joking, it's about as close to a Fred Flintstone car right now. It's just, yeah, I may as well get out and use my legs because there's some issues with it. But God is faithful. He has done so much. doesn't mean that it erases everything. It just means I had you before. I'll have you again because I am faithful. I will never leave you or forsake you. He that hath begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6 so he started this thing. He's not going to leave us hanging. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm just so thankful. I just I think that the one thing I want to do is, well, if, if there would be a two-part of my one thing, it's to let you know that you had every bit to do with this trip. We may have been the ambassadors going, but it was, it was the ignition trip. Yes. And then secondly, I just want God to get the glory for every single thing from each water that we had from, you know, not letting the, the ants or who knows whatever else, you know, flew into our mouths or, or bit us while we slept or what, you know. He, he covers the tiniest thing, the biggest thing. He thwarted danger that perhaps we were not even aware of. God deserves the glory for every single thing. And this was, um, that's one thing I think I kind of want to shout from the rooftops. And I, I also know that's perhaps why when we got home leading up to today, there were some things that we struggled with that we're trying to mute us from saying that because to God be the glory. Amen. And, uh, and so that's the thing I'm thankful for. And I, I just, um, just want to encourage you that God has got your back. It doesn't have to be a big trip. It doesn't have to be a comparative you know, circumstance. But he has got you. He has got you because he loves you. And so I hope you'll just continue to say yes to him in whatever that you do. So. Amen. <laughs> well... Uh, in closing, I just want to point something out, though. I've been there twice, and I've, to my recollection, never eaten a bug. In fact, the first time I was there, I didn't see a single bug. And I don't recall seeing even a bee or anything else. So my wife brings out the best in Nigeria. <laughs> no, but it, it was... Um, it was the beginning of something very, very special. Um, they are our brothers and sisters, and you know, you know. Sometimes when you uh, when you hear of churches that you know this is like a sister church to us, that's what I think of in terms of Nigeria, the the work that that God is having us involved with there, and then the work that He is having us involved with there. We are. Brothers and sisters. Even though we're 5,000 miles away, we're brothers and sisters. You know, they're, they're going to hear this online. They're going to, perhaps some of them will see the periscope. You know, they, they pray for you just like we pray for them. You know, this is a mutually engaged situation. Because God is calling for the literal igniting of a flame. I, I'll tell you one, one last story, because this was coming from, I, I think my favorite, definitely one of my favorite times, was when it was the second crusade, the one that was during the day, 
um, where we were way out in the bush, and there were about 400 people, and um, which, by the way, we had, in, in that time, we had, I, my best guess is, is a little over 200 of them get saved. And then in the one the night before, there were probably over 100 that got saved. But, but one of the things that I was preaching to them was that what the Holy Spirit wants to do in Nigeria, and specifically Benoist State, where, where we were, is he wants to ignite a fire. And, and I started to describe to them this brush fire. You know, when, when you're in a dry field, a, dry, a field that is ripe to be consumed by fire, and, and you, you, you light something, you set a spark, or something happens to light it, there's no stopping it. It, it just begins to consume. I mean, if, you, if you've ever lived in California, you know what that is, right? As some of the dry places, they have to worry about that. Well, in the spiritual sense, when harvest is ready, when hearts are ready, and God reveals to you a place where, where the, the harvest is ripe, all that's required is that spark. And what begins to happen is a flame that catches fire and consumes in a good way. The Holy Spirit then begins to move all throughout that place. And I'm explaining this to these people, and, and it was a great time, and we prayed over them, and, and then we left. But the cool thing was when we left, we, we get out, finally get out onto, I guess, the main dirt road. Um, and we're driving by, and here's this random fire. It had caught these bushes on fire. No one was around it. So it wasn't like, I, I don't even know what it was. But this random fire was just on fire. And all these bushes are starting to be consumed by fire, and that is something that we had just been talking about. And, and I felt like, now I don't know if it burned stuff after we left, but I felt like that was the Holy Spirit saying, a fire is being lit. A fire is being lit because we were obedient. Not that we're lighting the fire, understand that. All we are is feet. All we are are hands. All we are is a mouth. All we are is a body that can be used to produce love. That God produces love. All we are is a vessel. So when he lights his fire, that's him doing it through us. And if I recall, I think there, it was at least twice that I saw that. I saw it again the next day when we we're on Sunday when we were out at the other bush village. And again, nobody around it. Now, I don't know what that means, but I do know what the Holy Spirit told me, and that is that revival is going to begin there. That their hearts are ready to receive what the Lord has for them and turn that into mobility. Not just to receive it for what they want, but to literally, the love of Christ converting in them into a mobile unit that spreads all throughout Nigeria, all throughout Benue State, Nigeria, and all throughout Africa. It's significant what God's doing. And so it's important to understand you play a role in that. We all do. Whether we're the feet that actually go there or not. Because we will do many, many trips. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants, I don't know about who else, but... I'm supposed to be there two more times this year. And then next year, he's given me a glimpse of what he plans. He wants a permanent setup there. He wants, and, and I, I can't say that online because people might see it. He has a plan and he has people already for that plan. But you have to understand you're a significant part of that. The prayers that surrounded us while we were gone, we felt those. We felt what was going on. Why? Because the path was easy. All we had to do was step. We did not run into a single problem 
except perhaps the ants, I suppose. <laughs> we didn't run into a single problem. Because your prayers covered every step that we took. That was significant. That didn't just stop for this trip. Because there's a work that he's beginning there simultaneous to the work that he is doing in us here. See, revival here requires that work. What we want God to do here cannot happen without obedience. And God has given us that for obedience. So it's, it's like we need what God is having us do there just as much as they do. Because the revival that he's producing through that is going to be seen in Newark. It's going to blow you away. It's going to absolutely blow you away. So trust in what he's doing. Keep on your knees praying for strength of this body in what he's doing. Let's pray.